0: What did you think of all the zombies on WrestleMania Backlash? Did that ruin the pay-per-view for you? Is six matches the perfect length for a WWE pay-per-view? I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a pro wrestling website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, our own John DeCani and I sit down to talk about WrestleMania Backlash, also Impact Under Siege, and all the latest headlines in the world of pro wrestling. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show from May 17th, 2021 where you can catch up on all the latest pro wrestling news. And here we are, John, just, just hours after WrestleMania backlash has gone off the air.
1: Yes. Good morning, sir. How are you today?
0: Good morning. We are powered by the Eastern observer. So let's jump into WrestleMania backlash. All right. Um, There is a bit of news coming out of here. And first and foremost, I think the most polarizing news of the day are these darn zombies. Everywhere (laughs) you look, uh, you know, forget the fact that there was a great main event or a great semi-main event. Yeah. All anybody's talking about are the zombies. And <laughs> and uh, largely what you see online is hate for these zombies. So yeah. if there's somebody out there that liked the zombies, you're going to have to create a post that says, I like the zombies. and see, you know. <laughs> uh, So Lumberjack match, and the zombies made up the, all the Lumberjacks. And eventually at the end of the show, end of the match, You know, they swarmed on top of Miz like Walking Dead. There's no way Miz or Morrison (laughs) will be on tonight's show, right? They're they're written off. Maybe they're they're, zombies
1: now. Exactly. If if they're coming back, they're coming back. You know, as the Walking Dead. So (laughs) right. (laughs) So uh,
0: if you missed last night's WrestleMania Backlash, that's one of the big things you missed. Also, like I mentioned, though those two main events. The WWE Championship match and the Universal Championship match, boy, did they over-deliver, in my opinion. And there's, Absolutely. We'll get to the other stuff, but those matches in particular. Um, let's start with the WWE Championship match. There are some things in that match that I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, please, go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh, Braun Strowman took a vertical suplex. Not a regular vertical suplex, a delayed vertical suplex. Stalling, yeah yeah, Lashley and McIntyre together hesitantly worked together, but they lifted Strowman (laughs) up in the air and they held him there for about five seconds and then dropped him. And I've never seen Strowman take that move before. (laughs) No,
1: but maybe even more surprising was the one I'm sure you're going to get to next, so I'll let you go right ahead.
0: Drew McIntyre, uh, here he goes, ripping off Takamichi Noku. And he... uh, he hit a Mishinoku Driver on Braun Strowman. That move is that move's dangerous enough as it is, right? Because mm-hmm. you're basically doing a body a sit down body slam, where you're dropping the guy hopefully on the their shoulders, not right. their head. But it's made to look like it's a you know basically a brainbuster style move. He hit it. He hit it perfectly, and and Braun's not crippled. I could <laughs> another yeah. move. I'm sure Braun Strowman has never taken.
1: One hundred percent. I, you know, the, the whole idea of a triple threat match, triple threat matches are usually, you know, a little bit of chaos. So I'm always a little worried when it's three huge guys, uh-huh. man, did these guys pull it off in every sense of, you know, what you could have hoped for these guys. I mean, they beat the hell out of each other. There were some, you know, some really, really, as you've just listed some unexpected high spots, uh, yeah, they up the ramp through the the LED wall. I mean, there was just everything you could ask for in a match. That you know, it it got it didn't it got like a little less than fifteen minutes, but I mean, it's there was so much packed into that fourteen, you know, fifteen uh, of yeah. screen time.
0: Isn't it interesting that this is a match that we've seen variations of on Raw every week for a month or more. More, probably, right? I mean, Drew and Matt N- Lashley have been going at it for two months. So we've seen this on Raw. We've been complaining about the fact that this is all we're seeing, and it's repeats. They're basically reruns all the time. But they managed to come out with a bunch of new stuff in this match that made it really interesting and special for this show. Uh, Braun also took an over, overhead be- belly, belly-to-belly belly suplex, and he nearly died. <laughs> he <ignored> that <laughs> So um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Semi main event is the best Braun Strowman match. I think I've ever seen. So,
1: you know, Braun was putting on some really good matches before he pissed somebody off backstage like a year and a half ago. Uh, I think it, I don't know if it necessarily was directly involved with this, but I remember when he uh, eliminated Ali from uh, a a Royal Rumble or some kind of battle Royal. I don't remember if it was the Royal Rumble and Ali kind of banged into the announcers table. And I remember reading that Braun was getting some heat for that backstage. And then all of a sudden it was like Braun was forgotten for a yep. little while there. Yep. And but leading up to that, I was really coming to enjoy him because when I see a big guy debut in the WWE, you know, say what you want I'm a mark for the the workhorse guys. I see a big guy come in, especially a guy that we hear his backstory, and he was a you know world strongest man competitor. He was a power lifting. I'm thinking to myself, here's another guy who's not going to be able to move. He's you know he's not going to be able to do anything but you know choke slams and power bombs. You know he's just basically going to stand still in the ring. And I, watching Braun come along, I was really, really impressed in how he was becoming a wrestler. He wasn't slow. He wasn't plotting. He wasn't all power moves. He, he would really work a match. He just happened to be of this enormous stature. So I think last night we got kind of a, uh, a reminder of just how good he was before he kind of half, I mean, he was the universal champion for a little while, but it still kind of felt like he was kind of put on a shelf for a little while. And last night was just a hell of a performance. Yeah.
0: And I, I mean, he was carrying that when he was universal champion, he was kind of carrying that belt uh, keeping it warm for Roman Reigns. Exactly. Which was the main event. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. Nobody thought Cesaro was going to win this match. Cesaro didn't win this match. Yeah. But it was a good match. Cesaro had a great outing for his first WWE ch- or uh, World Championship match in right. WWE. Um, went, went quite a long time. Went close to a half hour, I think. Yeah. Um, but eventually Cesaro he couldn't get out of the guillotine and referee stop for the finish. So Cesaro well protected there. You know, he didn't take a pin or didn't submit or anything. So, um, you know, we'll see Cesaro down the road, but after the match, Seth Rollins came out, had a little interesting moment laughing with Roman. And then Seth Rollins went to town on Cesaro. He pilmanized Cesaro's arm, which happened to be the body part that Roman focused on the entire match. So, Really good, solid work from Cesaro in this match. Great match.
1: Yeah, you don't always get a lot of really good psychology in a main event like that, where one guy is a complete destroyer and the other guy is a technician. But yeah, they—they, they, you know—they sold the focal point being uh, uh, Cesaro's arm, and then he couldn't, you know, he couldn't hold on to the uh, the sharpshooter, and he couldn't hold, you know, he. he grabbed the legs for, you know, oh, is it going to go for a swing? I don't know, but the arm hurts. There was just, re- I mean, tw- 20, almost eight minutes of what could have just been a destruction on one end was just a really, really good match. And, uh, you know, just uh, overall a, a, a better than expected card.
0: 100%. So the only title change that we had the whole night was Dominic and Ray. Winning the tag team titles, so Dom and Ray, uh, Dominic got the pin on Ziggler. He used a frog splash, got the pin on Dolph Ziggler. It was the moment that we've been waiting for. The moment when we thought should have been maybe at WrestleMania, but you know, I guess we'll take it here. Um, but you know, that that's that was the feel good moment that we wanted, I guess.
1: Yeah, and to be honest with you, I I, I guess maybe there's or maybe it's just me. But there's so much wrestling nowadays, and we we hit on these angles so many times before we get to a big blow off at the pay per view that sometimes I'm second guessing myself. Like the minute they were inching towards the Mysterios becoming the first father son tag champs, I was like, "Well, this is going to happen. There's no two ways about it. This is going to happen." And then the last couple of weeks, Ray kind of stole two pinfalls from you know one from Rude, one from Ziggler. Yeah, no. And it like it, it got to the point where leading up to the match, I'm like, have they put the Mysterios in front of us so much that they're setting us up for a letdown? That, you know, Rude and Ziggler are going to do something and, you know, uh, through heel tactics, hold on to these belts. And quite frankly, I'm not really excited about the Mysterios, you know, being the first father-son tag champs like that. You know, I still think Dominic... Should have had his nice little one month run that brought him in, and he got to tag with dad and he got to be part of dad's storyline. And then he should have gone down to NXT and worked on becoming a wrestler. So I wasn't necessarily overly excited about this. And then Ray came out dressed as Adam West Batman, and I was, I'm all on board with the Mysterios.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you pointed out, so the whole story of this match was that. Dominic got beat up by Rudin Ziegler earlier in the night. Ray was going alone. So, of course, Dominic came out toward the end of the match to make the save. As you astutely pointed out, yes, Ray was dressed as Batman, and we all saw that. But you pointed out that the greens and the whites and the stuff that was in Dom's was very Joker esque.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, my whole thing is we're probably getting Ray and Dom at SummerSlam. Um, And I feel like that was. That was enough right there to be like, oh, it's going to happen tonight, but it didn't. So it's just kind of <laughs> of a little Easter egg for us to look back at in the future, I think.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so you know wrestling is so nuanced like that. So like sometimes wrestling hits you in the head like a blunt object. Sometimes it's so nuanced, you know. Ha- I I, had, I mentioned it in the the talk along thread that you know it looks like he's in purple and green. That's you know that's the Joker's colors, but then I was like, you know what. Maybe I wasn't really paying attention so much to that backstage segment. I I gotta wait till Dom comes limping out here to make sure that wasn't green and red because then he's robbing to his dad's Batman. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, okay, no, it is purple, so that's a little that's a little weird. We'll see where this is going.
0: Sure. Um, and you know, it's interesting because one of it's it's very light news here. We're talking about ring gear and stuff, but um Ray Mysterio, you know, with his Adam West. Charlotte made headlines with dressing as Cruella DeVille. Um, her ring gear was, you know, Dalmatian print. So yeah. she was inspired by Cruella DeVille. Interesting how many people picked up on that, mm-hmm. and that's been a buzz on the, uh, on the internet as well. Watch out, Charlotte. You're probably going to get some hate from PETA and the likes. Sure. Um, and then Seth Rollins. I don't know. We were talking before the show where this guy gets his clothes, but white suit that looks like, uh, what's the artist? Jackson Pollock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> very a lot of creativity and ring gear. So, congratulations to those that were on the show. So, John, in the, in the opening uh, monologue there, I, I said, Is six matches the perfect length for a WWE pay per view? And I'm starting to think that it was. You had a title change early on the undercard, and it was, you know, it was this feel good father son thing that everybody's kind of looking forward to.
1: Sure.
0: You had two really good main events. Yes, you had the zombie thing that turned a lot of people off, but because there were only six matches, that means at least a third of it was like really high quality. Right. And so that makes that can make a show when it's that small. If you have 12 matches and those two really good matches are only 20 minutes on a four hour card, it ruins the show. But I think this was great.
1: Yeah, I I think the the pacing was really good. Everyone got, you know, uh, okay, so you had Priest and Miz, which was with the ridiculousness of the zombies. They only got about seven minutes uh, of actual ring time. But everybody else got time to show what they could do. Everyone else got around 15 minutes until you got to the main event where they got, you know, nearly a half hour. So, yeah, the, the pacing of the show and just letting people show you what they could do. Like, there's nobody who got cheated on that car. No. So I think uh, your idea that this six might just be the right number is, yeah, very strong.
0: So give us six matches on Monday Night Raw tonight, and we'll all go home happy.
1: <laughs>
0: six 15-minute matches, and we'll be all be happy. So there's words of advice still in John Smith's gimmick. Um, Hell in the Cell, June 20th, was announced on the show last night. What are they doing? <laughs> this yeah. is not October. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm reading, you know, I'm reading that it, again, once I, you know, like a, my TV's over here. And as I'm taking notes on my computer, uh, sometimes I'm only watching out of the corner of my eye. I thought I saw that. Then I saw, I read you and someone else mentioned it in the, the watch long thread. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But I did a quick Google search. There was still, you know, the, the first thing that comes up in Google for that date, WWE was money in the bank. You know, as of last night, that was still out there, you know, in the ether as the date for Money in the Bank. So now, if you're going to have multiple Hell in a Cell matches, like if they're going to squeeze three of them into that card or whatever, you could probably throw the two ladder matches in there too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, at which point you probably should have just called it, called the, you know, the pay per view Extreme Rules. (laughs) You know, throwing all that together. But yeah, an odd decision.
0: Yeah, so by by you know just adjusting my calendar, uh, the Royal Rumble should be in August, so we should be, <laughs> and WrestleMania will have uh, around uh, November, so <laughs> so we're good.
1: Rules don't apply anymore; it's chaos. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. cats and dogs sleeping together. Yep, <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> so uh, other stuff that happened on the card: uh, Sheamus did defeat Ricochet on the pre-show. Rhea Ripley retained over Asuka and Charlotte. Bianca retained over Bailey, and those were that that made up the whole card. So that's WrestleMania backlash from last night. I would say that if people missed it, it's probably worth going back and watching at least the last two matches.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, I don't think people will be disappointed with that. So, uh, but it wasn't the only show this past weekend. That also Impact Under Siege happened on Saturday, and there was a lot of news coming out of that, or at least a couple of big news items. And sure. First and foremost, Moose is the number one contender. He is—he won the six-way. When I look at the whole Impact roster, Moose is the one guy who I'm like, this is the credible threat to Kenny Omega. I'm really surprised that this is going to be a match next month at an Impact Plus special. It was announced already that it'll be Moose versus Omega at Against All Odds. That's June 12th. They're not waiting for Slammiversary, which is a paid event right they're doing it next month now john i think you brought up maybe it's going to be moose omega funny business next month and we could get a legitimate match the next you know type of thing maybe they stretch it out to multiple matches but moose omega
1: yeah the, the other thing that it made me think of immediately that they're going to this earlier than we certainly would have thought likely uh, okay i know travis kind of uh, was against this idea but you have said on multiple occasions and i was thinking right along the same lines that when can't when the belt collector gimmick starts to break down probably the first thing kenny loses is aew Because right. you would want him to be protected as their that's that's where he belongs that's his main title you know and everything so there's not, you know, that Hangman page match, which we all believe will be that match, just got pushed, you know, further away by Hangman getting knocked down the uh, ranking system. So Moose, you know, maybe it's not going to be even Moose. Maybe we're all going to get that that dream scenario that, every, you know, on April 15th, everyone immediately jumped to. Samoa Joe comes back to Impact and brings back the title, to, you know, to raise the title home. That's Maybe. an match. I'll, I'll sign up for that right now.
0: Yeah. Or Daniel Bryan. You know, there's a couple of options out there. Um, Yeah, it's real interesting. So it's also funny that against all odds, that is a gambling-themed event, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the AEW thing. Like a double or nothing is March 30th, or May 30th. 12 days later is against all odds. So you will play on words there. That's fun, whatever. But I don't think Pac or Orange Cassidy are winning the AEW World Championship at the end of the month. So if my theory holds true that Omega is going to lose the AEW Championship first, then I think Moose is probably not winning June 12th. Uh, But who knows? Impact will be Impact. Yeah, very true. (laughs) but I, I don't see AEW letting that belt go. Now, other news from Under Siege, Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace, they lost the tag team titles that they had just won the month before. They lost them back to Fire and Flava, who are now two-time tag team champions over there at Impact. Uh, good for them. Sorry for Jordan and Rachel. Uh, I You know, they made a lot of big deal about Jordan being sort of the weak link. That was the whole storyline going in from fire and Flava, sure. and Jordan did eat the pin here. So, you know, maybe th- in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Jordan's going to turn. So we get a new flavor of Jordan, Jordan grace. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll turn, maybe they'll, you know, reinvigorate and go back after those titles. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just, I, they, you know, they put all that effort into just kind of, you know, like you said, calling her the weak link, calling her the non-factor, which to me set up for her having a dominating performance in my mind. Right. And it just didn't have, like, you know, sometimes I just overthink things when it comes to impact because you just can't think linear when it, when you're talking about impact because things just don't. Your, your wrestling fandom for me, which is, you know, now 40 years on, impact just doesn't care what you think, doesn't care what you think. <laughs> There, sometimes you're, they're just throwing darts at the wall.
0: Here's your logic. <laughs> you hold on to that.
1: Exactly. <laughs> We're going to do what we want. Put that um, in your back pocket. We don't care.
0: <laughs> now, Mad Madden Fulton and Ace Austin earlier in the evening, they won the fatal four-way tag team match. They beat Triple XL, TJP and PD Williams, and Rohit and Sherrod to become the number one contenders. They're getting their title match right away. Finn Juice versus Austin and Fulton will be this thursday on impact wrestling so that's another title match that we know that's coming up um so right around the corner and this this leads credit to your theory john (laughs) this is the year year of ace austin
1: yeah yeah i i I thought perhaps they would put this off to the pay-per-view uh in which case i could see you know, Finju saying like, "All right, you know, we've been here stateside x amount of weeks. It's time for us to go home, so we'll turn the belts over here." But now that it's happening this quickly, I'm a little less confident. But I'm, st- I'm still going to be rooting for my uh, completely random theory that I came up with earlier in the year.
0: Well, and my theory was that that new Japan, not New Japan, but Impact was going to lose all their titles to outside entities. But ELP did not get the job done. It was a great match, ELP versus Josh Alexander on Saturday night, but ELP did not not take home the X Division Championship. So, I was ready. I was like, okay, if ELP wins this, then Fabi Apache is going to beat Diana at okay. tri- Triple uh, Triple Mania, and then it's just the uh, the knockouts tag titles that are left. So. Um, which, of course, they'll lose them to Natalie and, uh, and Tamina at the next pay-per-view or something. So.
1: <laughs> I was thinking the Iconics. The Iconics, yeah. uh, right after they show up at AEW.
0: Right. <laughs> there you go. So uh, so there we have it. That's base. That's the main news coming out of Under Siege. But we also had Brian Myers got a win over Black Toroos. Daniel Dashlett and Taylor Wilde. They beat Susan and Kimberly. W. Morrissey got a win over Willie Mack. Perrazzo retained over Havoc. And Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice defeated Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Now, Omega didn't take the pin here. Carl Anderson did. Um, So it's not like we're going to see Eddie versus Omega. That's not perfectly set up. But technically, Eddie Edwards has a win over Omega in a tag match. So maybe maybe we'll get that starting to roll. Uh, Another fun thing over the weekend on Saturday, Game Changer Wrestling also had draft day in Las Vegas. And at the end of the show, it was Nick Gage defending against A.J. Gray. Nick Gage got his win. Of course, Nick Gage was featured on Dark Side of the Ring last week. Um, But Renee Paquette's husband told her that he was going to the gas station. (laughs) He, in fact, went to (laughs) the GCW show and attacked Nick Gage. (laughs) So so this is the second uh, GCW show, uh, two out of the last three shows, where Moxley attacked Gage, uh, he also did this in in Tampa. They brawled that ended the show. Obviously, we're getting Nick Gage versus John Moxley sometime down the road on JCW, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. So, haven't got an announcement.
1: The, the, this whole forbidden portal, forbidden door thing is just—it's just wonderful. These guys just yes. showing up. You know, th- this is what's been missing, and this—this this is my complaint about WWE. Well, we've—we can't have surprises because. We've got stockholders, and we, we, you know, we've got to let them know what's going on. Do you not realize that the biggest moment and era of your business, everyone's ass was in their seats watching your product because they had no idea what was going to happen? Yeah, and that is sorely missing from the WWE, but good golly, we are getting it everywhere else, and that is just fantastic.
0: I think that it would prove correct if they did a big surprise every week now it takes a lot of planning a lot of thought to do a big surprise that's meaningful every week but that's what would make it must watch yeah um and if they skipped a week that's okay people will still come back if they if they're trained you know but right now they know it'll be announced and if it's not announced it's not happening so we shall see um A couple other things from that show. I saw a guy named Jack Cartwheel on the show. He was in the opening match. Uh, Joey Janela was on commentary. Jack Cartwheel did a Sasuke special through a door and a corkscrew shooting star press. So it was pretty fun stuff. You can see, uh, if you look him up on Twitter, you can see those moves. They're kind of tweeted all weekend. So that's fun. And then Ron Funches was doing commentary for this GCW show, and he was awesome. I hope that the con in charge of WWE... At least see a couple of clips of this because Ron Funches was great, a lot of, very funny.
1: He is he's um, a very good he's a very funny guy. I've, I've like you know I like I know a little bit about his stand up, but I've seen him in a couple of uh, you know sitcoms, and he always makes me giggle. So I can only imagine. I know he's I think a Detroit guy, so uh, you know there's a lot of lot of wrestling, you know that that's that's a big market. So yeah, I'm sure he's been a wrestling fan his whole life. So
0: somebody took an apron bomb. And Funch's, you know, great line, riffing off of the hardest part of the ring line. He says, oh, he just just got powerbombed on what must be the second or third hardest part of the ring, which just, you know, (laughs) came out of nowhere. It was hysterical. All right. Lots of headlines, lots of things happening in the world of wrestling to talk about in the next segment. I'm going to take a quick break and tell you about all the ways that you can support the show. Uh, but stick with us. We'll be back in about two minutes. All right. The Daily Wrestling News Show. If you do, I'd like to tell you how you can support us. Check out the new Crucifix t-shirt from BodyslamClothes.com. The shirt comes for $20. That includes your shipping. That includes XXL, XL, and the super soft style. So there's no upcharge for any of that stuff. And if you like that shirt, there's a whole bunch of others. And if you buy two, use the promo code SHIRTS10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's BodyslamClothes.com. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConney, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. This is a fantasy sports website dedicated to pro wrestling. It's where you can test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling against your friends, against the universe. Whatever the case may be, you can create an account, join a league, or create a league. Just compete against your friends, have a good time with it. No gambling here, it's just good fun at ProWrestlingPick'Em.com. And the Body Slam Brigade Newsletter. This newsletter is going out to over 4,200 people each and every week on Fridays. And you get all the top stories consolidated in one place, it's quick to read, it's broken up by company, and it's free. Written by me for you for free. Join the list at bodyslambrigade.com. And then this show, of course, the Daily Wrestling News Show. It's here every day, Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Occasionally we drop in on Fridays. You can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can watch us live on YouTube and, and Facebook. You can also get it there on demand as well. So do check out the Daily Wrestling News Show each and every day. Thank you for your support. All right. Thank you. So we're back. So we're back. Yes, sir. So headlines, tons of headlines coming up today um, over the from over the weekend and whatnot. But I want to start with headlines that would have occurred in 1949, 1963, and 1993. Dave and Earl Hebner were born this day in 1949. So happy 72nd birthday to Dave and Earl Hebner. Bruno Sammartino defeated Buddy Rogers in 1963 on this day to begin the seven-year title reign that everybody's been chasing ever since. (laughs) So uh, happy championship day to Bruno Sammartino. And in the 1993, in a moment I'm sure everybody remembers, it's the culmination of the whole barbershop window feud, Marty Gennetti defeated Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship.
1: Yeah. I didn't get through the whole thing, but, uh, the Shawn Michaels, any, uh, premiered last night. And I think that's right about the point where I said, all right, let me pause it here. It was right around the barbershop window. So right. Right about when those two men parted ways.
0: I haven't had a chance to watch that. Of course they it's, it's interesting when, you know, that's a huge show for WWE to be running and they're running a pay-per-view against it. Yeah. You would have thought they would uh, coordinate a little bit there, but not the case. So, um, I guess key headline from over the weekend is that new Jack passed away at the age of 58. Now I'm not a huge, I don't have a ton of familiarity with new Jack. I did see the dark side of the ring special on him. So I know uh, he's a very real type yeah. of guy, very threatening presence um, Don, I think you're a little bit more familiar with new Jack than I am.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I think Paul Heyman, Um, is he's, he's so brilliant whenever he speaks, he did about a three minute, uh, soliloquy, uh, eulogizing him on, uh, what was it? Talking smack, I guess. And he's so, he's so careful with his words because it's, you're going to take a lot of heat. If you see any, anything, all that laudatory about Jerome Young, new Jack, because quite frankly, he was, you know, sometimes a liability but that that cult of extreme is such a brotherhood it's such a fraternity and uh i think uh, okay what did Heyman said uh his first thought was that it might be a gag because yeah. that, this is exactly the kind of thing that new jack would do sell a bunch of t-shirts uh you know read all his own press clippings about how people would eulogize him and then say like gotcha yeah uh, but he he went on to say that uh there he was the most non pg wrestler in wrestling history and the the most glorious thing he had to say about him was that he was quite an individual so it came off as heartfelt it came off as sincere but he was very careful not to say anything overly positive about uh new jack because there's a lot of people on the other end of the spectrum in terms of their fandom who would have just ripped Paulie apart and he just did a masterful job tiptoeing around that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, New Jack is known for some rather heinous acts, I guess, (laughs) how do you, how you'd put it? But um, in any event, a lot of people think well of him, I guess. So um, rest in peace, New Jack. Indeed, New Japan Pro Wrestling returns on May 26th, or May 22nd. I got braces, folks. <laughs> May 22nd. <in laughs> Their May 24th, 25th, and 26th events at and Hall will go on as planned. Uh, no cards announced for any of this. This is coming off of big cancellations and postponements uh, associated with COVID. Specifically, the big postponements were stadium shows that they had in Yokohama and in Tokyo. So, uh, it's good to see that they're back going. They didn't miss too much. They just got to get those stadium shows rescheduled.
1: Yep.
0: Now, here's a fun piece of headline. Tommy Dreamer mentioned on Busted Open Radio that there are more New Japan wrestlers heading to Impact. You know, As a little sidebar, Okada and Naito are both appearing in those Slammiversary teasers. There so the Forbidden Door is open. My whole theory about those titles all getting lost to outside entities is still out there. <laughs> so, uh, very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is, it's just so much fun just waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen, who's going to show up. And, you know, I, just, I very much look forward to Even though I'm not overly exposed to New Japan, if somebody shows up you know, I'm going to be really excited because I know that, you know, they're not, I mean, look, the last person that they sent, El Fantasmo, good God, the match that he put on. And, you know, Absolutely. and more than one of them, yeah. You know, in that the six-man scramble that led up to the title shot, he, you know, had the high spot of the, that ridiculous Death Valley driver off the, the top turnbuckle onto the floor. I mean, just insanity.
0: <laughs> After walking the ropes. Walking- yeah like half the ring on the ropes with TJP. Ace Austin jumps on him and he catches him into a death belly, you know, onto a fireman's carry and then does the DVD to the floor. Incredible. Incredible balance. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing a a few more of these new Japan guys. And of course there'll be a young rock Christmas special because of course there will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see Andre dressed up as Santa. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> WWE applied for some trademarks. I'm nobody's bitch, an obvious Jey Uso uh, t-shirt and merchandising ar- uh, arm. And then there's never a bad time to have a good time, John DeCony.
1: This one worries me a little bit. Now, not so much that you know it's anything necessarily important, but this smacks of the kind of performer that's going to come through the curtain. And Michael Cole is going to hit that that vintage catchphrase of his. This is a guy who loves to have fun, <laughs> and you know that it didn't work out so well for Zack Ryder, Adam Rose, No Way Jose. <laughs> Obviously, the New Day have gone on to have themselves a nice career. So you know, whoever gets you know tagged with this gimmick, uh, Dominus Omnis, I, I pray that you uh, your career goes the way of the New Day, not No Way Jose.
0: Probably going to be, uh, you know, the phrase they use for carrying cross when they call him up, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's two stories that are kind of linked together. Uh, really interesting. So Zelina Vega made an appearance at the WWE Performance Center. Apparently, there, this is in anticipation of her return to WWE. This was reported by Fightful Select and then later verified by a bunch of others. So this is happening. Selena Vega is going to come back to WWE at some point in the not-too-distant future. So um, all the stuff that happened when she got released, apparently there were not many hard feelings because she's able to have that door open back up to her. But here's the second story that's somewhat related. WWE shut down their talent management division. Now, this is the division that they set up to handle third-party relations. In other words, people's Twitch people's cameos yeah. all that stuff which is why Zelina walked in the first place yep. so it might I so I don't think they're totally walking back all their third-party policies right. but they're certainly not prioritizing it as high and maybe they could work out some sort of deal but that whole division they hired a new um, director into that position laid off you can go see her she's looking for a job on LinkedIn <laughs> um, yeah so very interesting that that it happened kind of this quick.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, long story short, I don't know about the whole corporate structure and whatnot, but good for Zelina and Alistair, quite frankly. So, uh, you know, good for them and be happy to, to have her back because she was quite a talent.
0: 100%. And honestly, like Angel Garza misses her right. Like, you know, whether or not, you know, you can't say anything except for he has lost steam since she's been gone. Uh, and Andrade, I mean, he left the company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for other reasons and stuff. But he was on fire when she was there.
1: Yeah, and, you know. Just another case of them having something that everybody, it, everyone not in the writers' room looked at these things and went like, "This is really good. This is really working." And then someone, perhaps the senior man in the room, says, well, "Let's go another way." Yeah. Yeah. Leave everyone else scratching their head.
0: So we will welcome Selena Vega back onto television, whether it's on NXT, SmackDown, Raw, whatever, uh, wherever she is, welcome back. 100%. Um, WWE crowned new tag team champions on Friday when Tamina and Nia Jax defeated Shayna... I'm sorry, when Tamina and Natalya defeated Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on SmackDown. It's been an outpouring of support for both, so congratulations to those two. Wasn't enough to make WrestleMania backlash, even though it was a WrestleMania rematch. But uh, I guess uh, Naya and Shayna will not be doing their rounds anymore. Now we will have Natalia and Tamina on every show.
1: Good for um, those, those ladies. Absolutely. I guess not
0: on NXT anymore, though, because they have their own tag titles. True. So yes. Just uh, brand to brand, not brand to brand to brand. <laughs> so. There is a new music album that just dropped, new songs and disses from Max Caster. It is the critically acclaimed volume one. So go ahead and get that and then go get a band aid from your ears bleeding.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to comment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, one thing, you know, as bad as that audio might be, one thing that is really good for your ears, Mark Andrews put out his love letter to pro wrestling. I think it's a small mini series he's doing with the BBC. It's fantastic. Mark Andrews, of course, NXT UK, uh, athlete. He's a former tag team champion from Wales. And this is just a really fun, short audio series, about 30 minutes. I listened to it in the car on the way home yesterday. Great stuff. He had on Drew McIntyre. He had on Charlotte flair. He had on a whole host of different people edge and, it was just very good, well produced. His parents were on there. It's his love letter to pro wrestling. Uh,
1: that's that's a gr- it's a great title. And uh, when you texted me about that yesterday, I know you used to live in the mid Atlantic region. I really need to get up to speed on NXT UK because my first thought was the. Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews is a you know <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of NFL tight ends you know not the least of which Gronk who was a 24 seven champion uh, George Kittle out in San Francisco who goes you know he's kind of nicknamed uh, Stone Cold George Kittle. Uh, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey, even, you know, I'm like, all right, it makes sense. You know, another big burly tight end who's a real big wrestling fan. And then I went and looked it up and went like, all right, this is not him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what would Ryan know about
1: <laughs> I keep forgetting that you're not so much a fan of the unscripted sports.
0: That's right. <laughs> Unapologetically uninterested. <laughs> okay. All right, so it is time. When you hear that noise, you know it's trivia time, and I only have one question for you this week. Everybody's going to a chance to get one point. All the questions are coming from WrestleMania Backlash. So, John, your first question is, or your only question for the week is, What was the first word spoken by Adnan Verk on last night's main show broadcast? Your choices. You welcome it's Charlotte.
1: Uh, it's <laughs> it's you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he said you're looking at the Thunder Loan live or something like that. So,
1: you are looking live. Okay, very good. Yep.
0: <laughs> so, that's that. <laughs> all right i guess finally uh so you don't get you don't get a point for that but uh the, the trivia score is uh currently one and one you got a point and Alice got a point for the for the month so you're giving people a chance to catch up <laughs> all right so AEW dark elevation is tonight paul white's showcases with ryan nemeth kevin blackwood and kevin bennett are facing the acclaimed i bring that up only because they're from upstate new york guys so they're people that travis would be interested in uh and Dustin Rhodes is facing Aaron Solo in one of the only kind of competitive type of matches on the show. So that's what we've got for Dark Elevation. And aside from that, John that's our show. And tomorrow is the 100th episode of the Daily Wrestling News show. So we have a special show planned There's going to be a panel of people talking, all the regular co-hosts and everything will be there. So very much
1: looking forward to it.
0: 100% should be a great show. Okay, for John, uh, John, anything else you want to talk about?
1: Oh no, I think we we hit we hit all the uh, all the high spots. Uh, when we put a nice bow on things, just like we always do.
0: Absolutely. All right, folks. For John, I am Ryan, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>